school more educators room. Tonight we have a special guest. Michelle, can you introduce yourself for us? Hi everyone, I'm Michelle Williams um, from Ignited, hashtag Urban Ed Chat. And um, I am a fifth grade math teacher here in Houston, Texas, whoop whoop, H-I-S-D. Um, I've been teaching for about 15 years and I am happy to be here. Okay, so tonight we're going to start. Michelle has started to write for us at the Educators Room. And you guys know I love to hop on here and talk to our writers about all things education. So I want to start with, because I am an English teacher, so I've taught English for about 15 years also. And so math is a world that is totally, it is foreign to me. Um, so I want to talk about first, what brought you into the field of education? How did you become a teacher? Did you go for it in college? Was it a later in life decision? Like, how did you become a teacher? Um, I started out as a teacher. Actually, I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. Um, I come from a family of educators. I have two brothers that are actually principals. And my great-grandmother was an educator. And my grandmother was in the social work field. And my mother was a nurse. So we come from a long line of uh, social service um, type of uh, careers. And um, I am a true education major. I graduated from Nova Southeastern in um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, with a, my bachelor's degree in elementary education and a master's in curriculum instruction and technology. So that's how I got started. So you teach fifth grade math. So back, I taught for about eight years in Memphis City Schools, the old Memphis City Schools. It's no longer there. But I was friends with the math teacher. She was a 10th grade math teacher. We would always talk. And her husband was an elementary teacher. And she mm -hmm. would always come to work with all these funny stories about her husband teaching math. And she was like, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. Because she had a very specific way of teaching math. And she said he didn't have, he didn't do what she wanted him to do in teaching math. So the first question that I have to ask you is, is there a right or wrong way to teach math? And if it is, tell us. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to teach math because everybody's processing skills of how they process different um, algorithms and how to come up with answers is totally different. So it's really about the thinking behind the that drives whether you're going to get the computation correct or not and it has to be logical in my classroom most of the time i tell my students i said you can either do it my way and if they say well i have another way of doing it i have they have to get it correct 100 percent of the time and actually be able to explain it and teach it to someone else and if most of the time most of the kids will say well i don't i can't explain it well it's not a logical process and it's not something that's going to actually be able to be replicated over and over again. So, okay, so you brought up a good point. So when, oh, of course, I coach literacy and I have a counterpart who coached math and she's from, and one of her main things was kids have to be able to tell you why. If they can't tell you why, I really know it. And so she would, even when high school kids in calculus, pre-algebra, math too, she had the kids explaining 
answers. What do you do? I heard there have been a lot of misconceptions, right? That kids mm -hmm. have about certain things like that. How do you? I'm assuming you guys are departmental, departmentalized, right? We are. Okay. Well, how do you clear up those misconceptions, especially for those kids who are lower performers, the kids who come in and they can bear, they don't know their multiplication tables or they have trouble adding. How do you clear up those misconceptions and still go along with the curriculum? Um, misconceptions, I think, are something that we battle in every content area. I think more so in math and science. Um, when I when I come in contact with students that are struggling learners and they have all these misconceptions, we start from the basics. Um, when I teach every year, I teach as if the kids don't know anything. So because it's easier to press on the gas than it is to press on the brakes. Because once you put it out there, it's done. So we start and we have conversations about different concepts. There are certain things in math that we know that they're going to have misconceptions about fractions. Fractions is something that has been everybody's Achilles heel. And I've gone into fractions before we left for the holiday and the kids were cross multiplying. And I was like, that's really not teaching children how to compare fractions. So what we do is we start with models and models basically will clear up most of those misconceptions about um, different uh, concepts in math. Because the way that I see it, the brain thinks in pictures. It does not think in uh, numbers. Numbers are very abstract. So if we take it back to the model and we start moving things around. The kids, okay, oh, I get it. I can actually see why it's this way. On Facebook the other day, and it might have been one of our writers. She, or maybe it was an article, but somebody had used Legos to teach fractions. Mm -hmm. And they were talking on the Facebook page. People, um, Legos is—it's a good visual for kids. Like, what kind of thing parents can you? Use and teachers in case they're struggling right now in December and they're dreading going anywhere to teach fractions. Well, with the um, new standards in Texas, they say new standards, but they're still the Common Core standards um, under the disguise of Teak. Um, they're doing a lot of models, uh, even with area models. I when I go out and talk to teachers and I'm at these conferences and we talk about models and.